0: Wicket's World with Mike Wicket on 102.1 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Got a couple extra minutes here on the show today. All right, start a little bit early. I like it. Happy Friday to you. Happy championship weekend if you're a football fan. Now, last weekend, we were going to get to last weekend a little perturbed. Now, last weekend was four. It was supposed to be four great games, and it was. You know, wild card weekend, you really... You know, there's, there's arguments to be made. Why are we extenders from the NFC? And you get usually a couple of good games. And we were very spoiled last week because not only did we get a couple of good games, we got all of the good games. We got all of the great games with all of the crazy finishes. It was probably the best weekend of playoff football in the history of the NFL. Cincinnati and Tennessee... Green Bay and San Francisco. LA and Tampa Bay, Kansas City and Buffalo. I mean, field goals at, at as as the game were games were expiring. Buffalo and Kansas City going to overtime. Let's really before we get into championship weekend, I want to relive all of that excitement one more time. <laughs> It's 1988. Kick was down the middle and good. 49ers win it. San Francisco is moving on with a 13-10 to 10 win here at Lambeau. Yeah. 30 yards to win the game. Matt Gape boots it through. Looking to the end zone. For the win, he caught. My headphones have just died, so <laughs> I know this works out great. I don't know when that last highlight ended. I have absolutely no idea. Okay, cool. I'm on the air. Great. All those calls, compliments of Fox, of CBS, of NBC. And it was just, it was a great weekend of football. I mean, obviously, as a Green Bay Packers fan, I'm not thrilled with the outcome of one of those games in particular. But Cincinnati proved that they belong. You know, all the question marks about the Cincinnati Bengals going into this playoff season. You know, is Burrow ready to take that next step? They've got the young wide receiver in Jamar Chase. What's Zach Taylor going to do when the pressure is actually on? They're going on the road. They're facing King Henry. Tennessee just had to survive till Henry came back. Tannehill is an above-average game manager. They got the weapons on the outside, that nasty defense. And Cincinnati didn't care. Cincinnati's like, yeah, whatever. We're going to make plays. We're going to take advantage of Tannehill. They got the mediocre to bad Tannehill. They didn't get the really, really good Tannehill who once in a while shows up and shows out. Cincinnati played that game. They, like, it's one of those times when a, a team says, we've got nothing to lose. And that's what it felt like in that game. Cincinnati just knew they're going to be back here, even if they were to lose that game. But when it came down to it, they were the superior team. They had the guys that could make plays everywhere around the field. Mike Hilton had that huge pick where he tipped the ball up to himself, and he took the ball away from, from uh, the, the Titans. And then you move into Saturday night, and what do you want me to say, man? The Packers absolutely pooped the bed, crapped the bed, whatever you want to call it. It was, it was a horrific effort by Green Bay. Their special teams have been the worst special teams in all of the National Football League For the entire year, right? The entire season. And if you're a Green Bay Packers fan like I am, you've been mentally preparing yourself for a special team's play that is going to knock the Packers out of the playoffs. And you know what? It happened. There were two of them, actually. I think there were actually three. One big return, because Green Bay has given up a lot of those this year. Uh, The blocked field goal, Mason Crosby continues to have the worst year of his career. Now, I don't know if that block was his fault. Probably somebody on the line that didn't get to the defender, and then the block punt. I don't know how Maurice Drayton hasn't been fired. He's the Packers' special teams coach, but he hasn't been fired yet. Not to my knowledge. And so all those things wrapped up. Still, it didn't matter. Still, that offense should have put up points. And when you have the soon-to-be four-time MVP of the National Football League, and you only muster one... One offensive touchdown. And it's compliments of your now injured running back in A.J. Dillon, who broke a rib of playing special teams in that game. Rodgers and company could not figure out that San Francisco defense. The pass rush got to Rodgers, the forced the ball to Devontae crowd. You got to pump your, you know, thump your chest saying, hey, look, Rodgers does this, and it happens a lot where he just zeroes in. I mean, granted, nine targets to Aaron Jones, nine targets to Devontae Adams, everybody else, one target. And on the biggest play of the game, when it was like, okay, finally, get your head out of your ass, let's go down the field, get some points, put this cold, snowy, piss-poor effort behind us, and get some points, what does Rodgers do? He plays hero ball. And throws deep into double-covered Devontae Adams, into double coverage, and Devontae Adams can't come up with it. When, if you watch the film, and Kurt Warner did a really good job of breaking some of the film down, it's obvious to see there are three guys open or getting open or would have been open for a quarterback of Aaron Rodgers' caliber to look guys open that would have picked up the first down in that fourth and three. But instead it was hero ball time, time to throw the thing deep. And then the Niners come right back down the field, game-winning field goal, ball game. Good night, everybody. And the Packers have yet again not gotten back to the Super Bowl ever since that magic run in 2010 when they played in the 2011 Super Bowl and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whether it's the Cardinals, the Niners now four times, uh, the Buccaneers last year, the Seahawks in 2014. I mean, whatever Aaron Rodgers' legacy is, and I'm going to get to his future and everything that's happened over the last couple of days in the big Breaking news out of California concerning Aaron Rodgers. That's later. But this was another disappointing effort, another choke job by the Green Bay Packers. Whether it's all on Aaron, half on Aaron, part on Aaron, it's on the Packers. Is it on the floor? It's not on that defense. But Green Bay was let down by their quarterback who couldn't score a single touchdown with his arm. And the special teams, which was horrendous all year. And then into Saturday... You know, you you watch the Rams dominate Tampa Bay early in that game. The first half was a complete domination. But in the back of my head, and probably in the back of yours as well, if you've been watching Tom Brady play, you kind of had a feeling that Tampa Bay was going to mount a comeback. And you had a feeling, because Tom Brady has sold his soul to the devil, that there were going to be things that were going to go Tampa's way. The ball was going to bounce his way. Stafford wasn't looking. Ball gets snapped. Cam Akers had... A very uncommon fumble for him. And Tampa tied the thing after down being down 24 points. And then it was the Rams. Calmly with a deep pass by Matt Stafford to Cooper Cup. More on all of the Rams' uh, big comeback coming up in just a second. But then Matt Gay with the game-winning field goal, as you heard. And they may have ended Tom Brady's career. That may have been it for Brady. He's 44. He's always said he wanted to play until he was 45. I've never actually heard him talk about retiring the way he was actually talking about retiring. Talking about his family, talking about this, talking about that. You don't ever remember hearing Tom Brady ever actually talk about ending his career. Other than saying, I want to play till I'm 45. He's 44, talked about his wife, talked about his kids. He's got three kids, two with Giselle, one with Bridget Moynihan. That may have been it. I mean, we're going to find out. Maybe in the next couple of weeks... What the plan is going to be for Tom Brady? I, I can't imagine he would retire. just doesn't feel very Brady-like. And if he does retire, what does that mean for Tampa Bay? I mean, a lot of questions about Tampa's future. Byron Leftwich get the job down in, in Jacksonville in all likelihood. Does Gronk come back? What's up with Godwin going forward? What's up with Brady going forward? This was supposed to be the year for Tampa Bay to run it back. Twenty-two guys coming back, all starters on offense and defense. That never happens, ever. And it ends in the NFC Divisional Round in a loss to the Rams, and now guys are going to want to get paid. They have to make financial decisions, the salary cap, the cutting, all of those things. Antonio Brown is gone. What a disaster that turned out to be this year. The injuries all piled up. You know, one of the things that, that plays so much into a team going to a Super Bowl and winning a Super Bowl is their ability to stay healthy. And for the most part, the Buccaneers last year were healthy. This year, not so much. You know about all the injuries. Tristan Wirfs got hurt. Their center got hurt. Leonard Fournette got hurt. Is this the end of this little mini... It's not a dynasty. This little mini run here by the Buccaneers. Can they find a quarterback in free agency? Can they trade for a quarterback? Who knows what's going to happen there. And then the classic, the Kansas City-Buffalo game... Reliving that one for a second. I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. But the 13 seconds... (laughs) I mean, I was watching that game at the end thinking, what in the heck's going to happen next? And my wife, Lee, who doesn't like football at all, doesn't care about football at all. My wife was even entertained by that final two minutes and that final drive in the 13 seconds. And how great was Josh Allen? I mean, that guy four touchdown passes, all to Gabriel Davis. And then with 13 seconds, with that last touchdown pass, you're like, that has to be it. Kansas City has to be done. We can't see Kansas City back in the Super Bowl again, can we? And then Patrick Mahomes does what he does. Boom, boom, field goal, overtime. Mahomes to Travis Kelsey, as you heard Jim Nance call, over on CBS, and here we are. Another shot for the Chiefs to go to the Super Bowl. Hosting the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend. I do want to say this. One thing people aren't talking about, and I don't know why, with Kansas City. They got the ball back, yes, with 13 seconds to go. Should have been a squib kick by Buffalo to eat up a couple of seconds. Some people are saying that Buffalo should have just gone out and held receivers on every play because that chews up some of the clock, eliminating Kansas City's ability to move the ball down the field. Now, some would call that dirty play. I feel like Bill Belichick would have done that. Mike Vrabel might have done that. I don't know if Sean McDermott knew to do that. But one thing people aren't talking about is this. 13 seconds, no timeouts. Most of the field is not your friend. And I'm not saying it was easy. And we shouldn't be giving Patrick Mahomes and company props. But 13 seconds with three timeouts starting at your own 25, and you really only have to get to, say, the 40, maybe the 35 on the other side. What was it, 48-yard field goal, 38, 31? I mean, you you got to go 50 yards, 13 seconds. Not easy to do, but when you have three timeouts as opposed to no timeouts when you can only use the sidelines, the whole field was open. I don't know if Buffalo realized that, and that's why when Travis Kelsey's running wide open down the middle of the field, in any other scenario, that makes sense. But when, when you have three timeouts, you don't let the best tight end in football run wide open down a seam. When you got Patrick Mahomes back there ready to fire a laser and pick up, and there aren't too many guys who are run after the catch better at the tight end spot in the National Football League than, than Travis Kelsey. It just seemed like Buffalo, the moment got really big for Buffalo in those final 13 seconds, and we're going to hear from Andy Reid and what he said to Patrick Mahomes. It did not get too big for them. That's just how calm and cool Mahomes and company are. So that was last week. I mean, and again, props to the Chiefs. Not easy what they did, but let's not make it to be the greatest thing ever considering they had three timeouts they could use the entire field if Mahomes did that with 13 seconds and only could use the sidelines and Buffalo played that way that they did that would have been the correct way to play it so now we get the AFC and the NFC championship games going on starting in the NFC the Rams the Niners round three San Francisco won back in week 10 31 to 10 and then they did it again in week 18 remember they were down 17 points at halftime Came back to win twenty-seven twenty-four. That kind of start. They won that game to get into the playoffs, and that has started basically their, you know, their playoff run. Because if they lose that game, they're out. Then they win in the wild card round. Then they win at Lambeau Field, and now they go to SoFi Stadium, where I think they feel completely comfortable doing this. I think they're they're okay with going up against Stafford and the Rams. And, And here's Matt Stafford, Rams quarterback. You know, he he doesn't want to sit and rest on one win. You know we don't live in a world where we gotta use you know past motivations or anything like that. I mean, we don't we don't need to you know reinvent the wheel here. It's just about doing our job. To take this as you know uh, a new week, a new opportunity to go out there and play some good football. It's generic as hell, Stafford. It's generic as hell. But you know, you look at what Stafford's numbers are for his career. He could go down as one of the top five all-time passers, and who knows how long his career lasts. One of the most wasted talents in the National Football League, spending all that time playing for a craptastic organization in Detroit. and I feel like there are a lot of people rooting for the Rams because of Stafford, or at least rooting for Stafford, who finally gets to play in some big games. Yeah, it's a big challenge. You know, they're a, they're a team that's playing uh, really good football at the moment. Physical, tough, finding ways to win. Defense is playing outstanding. Their offense is playing timely. And, and obviously their special teams made some big plays last week. So, you know, it's going to be a big challenge for us. You know, hopefully it's a... Uh you know, one of those games where we come out and it's it's heavy uh, blue and yellow, and, and we, uh, you know, have a nice live loud crowd that makes it tough on them. So we'll see. I'm excited about the opportunity. To be honest with you, before the game, didn't care if we were going to Green Bay or they were coming to us. Just wanted the opportunity to continue to play with this group of guys. And, uh, you know, now that we have that, I'm, I'm excited. Don't forget, in Week 18, the crowd was so loud. When the Rams had the ball, the Niners fans took over the stadium. That the Rams are the ones that had to go to the silent count. Stafford's wife went on some radio show or some podcast or whatever, basically begging Rams fans, because they were playing the Cardinals in the wild card round, please, for the love of God, don't sell your tickets, support your home team, support the Rams. I think it'll be something similar. I think Niners fans are going to gobble up those seats. Tickets are not cheap. The like, cheapest seat in the building is like $600 from what I last saw. It's L.A., you know? And you know Stafford's going to be looking for Cooper Cup. And when he threw that deep ball to Cooper Cup at the end of that game, I, because you'd figure at that point with a minute to go or whatever it was, under a minute to go, they're going to play for the overtime. No, 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 no. They went deep to set up Matt Gay's game-winning field goal. Here's Cup on that last deep pass. Yeah, I'd say it felt like it hung up there forever. Got a, uh, you know, moving clock zero. Matthew did a great job just buying time, Matthew. putting the ball up, letting me run underneath it. And I'm not sure how he knew exactly where I was going to end up so quickly, but just did a great, great job hitting me in stride. You know, one of those ones where you, you know, all you can do is just dig, dig out of your route, looked up for the ball, and hope that it's you know floating up there. And you know, it's just uh, a great play by Matthew putting the ball where it needed to be. Matthew, <laughs> Matt. You know, Stafford, in the last couple of games, has thrown four touchdowns and no interceptions whatsoever. His quarterback rating last game was 121. His quarterback rating in the game where he didn't have to do a lot, where they blew out Arizona in the playoffs, 13-17, 202, two touchdowns, no picks, quarterback rating 154.5. And a half. You know, on the other side, Garoppolo stinks. Still the worst quarterback in the playoffs, but he wins. He's 4-1 as a playoff quarterback and says these two teams know each other really well. You always go back and watch the prior games that's kind of where it starts and then you kind of just take it from there the games that they've played recently you know there's a lot of football that they've played throughout this whole season so you don't want to bog yourself down and be too overwhelmed with all the stuff so i mean we know these guys as well as as well as possible playing for a third time now nothing will really surprise us i wouldn't say and even if the niners win they're still going to deal that guy which is absolutely amazing you know if they win two more games which would include the super bowl how do you move on from him head coach kyle shanahan I'm so sick of talking about the 49ers because what they did to my Packers head coach Kyle Shanahan says he's familiar with these Rams. You know each other so well so it's you know we hadn't played Dallas for a while so it takes a little longer to get a feel for the tape and whatever you watch just as eventually you get through the week you're going to feel different because you soak a team in more and you can't do that in one or two days it takes all week but when you're going against the team like I was going against the Rams so them versus us there's not much to soak in we we knew what the tape was going to look like before um, we turned it on. Yeah, I mean, these two teams have played, played each other. I think San Francisco, I believe, has won the last six, something along those lines. I mean, it's, it's been pretty much a dominant one-sided series, San Francisco, even though they are the road team in this game, coming into a game where they're going to have a lot of fans. I like the Niners and the points. It's about five and a half, six, something along those lines, just like it was at Green Bay last week. Coming up, I will get to the future of Aaron Rodgers. I still cannot believe... What the Bears decided to do to fill their head coaching vacancy, but straight ahead, I, I had actually heard the quote from Andy Reid, what he said to Patrick Mahomes. But you're going to hear from the quarterback and the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs as they are getting ready for their se- was seventh rematch, sixth re- sixth rematch game of the year. That's next. Like ESPN Des Moines on Facebook and watch Wicket's World live in real time. This is 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. ESPN Des Moines, 1021 FM and 1350. What's up? Um, If you're listening to us on 1350 and you're like, normally I listen to you on 1021. Yeah, we had a tower issue. And our Busy Beaver engineers are working to get the, uh, the FM signal back up and flamethrowing across Des Moines. So, uh, hello to you if you're listening to us on 1350. you watching on the ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. This is Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicket. Thanks for letting me be a part of your Friday afternoon. I'll get to Roger's future. People have been asking me what I think is going to happen. Also, the Bears did what? They hired Who? But first, we're running through the AFC and NFC championship games, and uh, I think if you were to, you know, take a look at all of these teams in the AFC, despite, despite not being the number one seed, no one's shocked Kansas City is here. I mean, I know they had their lull in the season, and stupid people were saying, well, Kansas City's done, they're not making the playoffs. It's Steven A. But anybody who knew the Kansas City Chiefs knew that there was far too much talent on that team not to be considered one of the favorites in the AFC. As for the Bengals, they were 10-7 this year. They showed a lot of growing pains. They showed a lot of youth problems. Joe Mixon got a little banged up. Jamar Chase had a lull in his season. How would Joe Burrow play coming back after that horrendous injury last year? And here we are. we got a team on the Ascension. And we have a team that we expected to be here. And if I said, who do you think is going to be in the Super Bowl next year, you wouldn't be crazy to say the Kansas City Chiefs. And they're playing this one at Arrowhead. And I don't know if Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow knew what he was doing, but earlier this week he was asked about the crowd at Arrowhead. And Burrow may have poked the bear. Because what Burrow said was that the SEC stadiums he played at when he was a quarterback at LSU or louder than all of these NFL stadiums that he's played at. Now, when these two teams played back in week 17, that game was in Cincinnati. He's never played at Arrowhead. I have been to Arrowhead several times. I've been to a couple of NFL stadiums, I've been to a couple of college football stadiums in my day. Arrowhead is the loudest place I have ever watched a football game. You know how when you're at you know you you see a plane go by and it gets loud or maybe you're at an air show and there's that crackling sound when it gets really really loud. That's Arrowhead. When those Chiefs fans start going, and it's third down, it's third down. And they're pumping the drum, and oh, and they're going crazy. That stadium is as loud as anywhere I've ever been. Louder than my beloved Lambeau Field. And so I I, I feel like, and what are they, like I had a t-shirt when I lived in Kansas City. It says decibel up. They break decibel records they set guinness records for sound at arrowhead and they're going to make life hell on cincinnati meanwhile on the other side patrick mahomes knows it's good to be playing at home Arrowhead's pretty loud. Uh, I don't think you can get around that, and uh, I'm sure it'll be pretty loud this weekend. Uh, they're a great football team. They're, they're coming in, uh, trying, to, trying to win a, a big football game, uh, but I'm glad we're at Arrowhead, and we have a chance to use our crowd to our advantage on, on trying to find a way to get a win. I mean, it, 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 if you have never been to a game at Arrowhead Stadium, it does not get any louder than that. So good luck to Burrow, who is a tremendous quarterback. I mean, listen to head coach Andy Reid speak about the quarterback he's facing. I think these these young quarterbacks are great for this league. He's one of them, so he's a heck of a football player. You know, he, he does a nice job with those guys, and, and Zach does a nice job with them, along with their coordinator and, and coaches. So he, he's a coach's kid that knows the game and and uh, kind of gets it. Patrick Mahomes and company down the stretch in that game against Buffalo. I was talking about that crazy finish that happened, and there were so many times when you could count Kansas City out. But Mahomes just kept on coming back. And he gave a lot of credit to Andy Reid Andy Reed, believing in him. I mean, he shoots us confidence. I mean, everybody on this team... It keeps bringing you confidence uh, week in, week out, day, every single day. And uh, that's what he said to, to me. And I mean, he talked to everybody. He said, hey, we're going to go do this. We're going to get in full range. We're going to get points. Um, and, I mean, he truly believes in. When your coach believes in you that much, it gives you the, the belief to go out there and do it and execute it. And that's what we did today. This next soundbite was the soundbite of the weekend from Andy Reid. Now, in that game with 13 seconds left, it's over. In Buffalo's already getting ready for the AFC championship game to come through Western New York. People in Cincinnati were like, "It's not such a bad drive. <laughs> Just to head right up there to Buffalo, you know, right through. No, 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 no. Listen to this question and answer after the game, after Mahomes and company came back with 13 seconds left. Do you still have time to get the field goal, but it looks pretty grim there. Do you have any special advice to Pat right there? Do you have any words for him at that point? When Buffalo took the lead for the last time. Yeah, when it's grim, be the grim reaper Gah! and go get it. So he uh, he did that. He went. He he uh, made everybody around him better, which he which he uh, is great at, and um, uh, and you know he just does it effortlessly. Uh, when it, when it gets tough, you know he's going to be there battling. Players appreciate that. If my friends down in Kansas City on this sports talk radio stations down there haven't played. When it's grim, be the Grim Reaper. 1,000 times this week, they are failing. That is just, I mean, when it's grim, be the Grim Reaper. You heard Mahomes talk about that after the game, but to hear Andy Reid say it, I mean, and he was. I mean, he crushed the dreams and the souls of every Buffalo Bills fan out there. I I have a neighbor, all right? I live in West Des Moines, and my neighbor, most of this year, was flying his Buffalo Bills flag. I don't know if he's from Western New York. I don't know him that well yet. I'm kind of the new guy on the block. But he flies an American flag, and he flies the Buffalo Bills flag outside of his house. I haven't seen him this week. Like, I don't know if he's just been crying, if he's been hiding in the basement. I don't know if he works from home. I mean, it's been zero degrees in West Des Moines and all of Des Moines for the last week. It's been negative 20-degree wind chills around here. But I haven't seen him. And I haven't seen that flag. (laughs) Now, I, granted, I have not been flying my Green Bay Packers flag since Saturday either, but he has not flown that Buffalo flag. I mean, I've, you have to feel terrible. Every team has a bad loss like you would, you, that you don't live down, right? But does anybody have that effort out of a quarterback like what Josh Allen gave you in that game? Or what Josh Allen has given you in the first two weeks of the playoffs, where he's thrown nine touchdowns, zero interceptions. He's been perfect. He's gotten it done with his legs. He's gotten it done with his arm. He's been clutch. He's been unreal. And, and to have that game ripped away from you with 13 seconds left in regulation, and I don't want to talk about overtime. I, I have always been a fan of you have to play defense in the National Football League to win I know that in the last 11 games, the team that wins the coin toss is 10-1 and one in the NFL in the overtime. I don't know what the right answer is. I, I, To me, play defense, we can debate that on another day. But, man, that is a loss Buffalo fans will never, ever, 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 ever forget. And I don't know if there's a, a fan base that has more crushing postseason losses than the Buffalo Bills. I mean... How many Super Bowls in a row did they lose? Four straight in the 90s? This was it. They had the lead. 14 seconds, 13 seconds. They were going to host the AFC Championship game. It was finally time to slay the Chiefs' dragon. They took care of New England. Who knows what Belichick's future is going to be? And then it just gets ripped right away by the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up, you're going to hear from Zach Taylor. They're going to talk more about, uh, you're going to hear more about that week 17 matchup when, look, Cincinnati was down and out. It was 14-0. Kansas City was getting ready to blow the doors off of the Bengals in that one. How did they come back? We're going to hear from Taylor. We'll hear from Joe Burrow. We'll hear from Jamar Chase. We'll talk about what the future for Rodgers is going to hold up in Green Bay and the Bears. What? It's next. You're listening to Wicket's World on 1021-FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021-FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Currently just 1350. So, hello if you're listening to us on AM for the first time. Uh, We are efforting to get that antenna back up and running. Mother Nature wreaking havoc on our antenna. Here on ESPN Des Moines. Tomorrow, by the way, uh, Drake Women's Basketball taking on Illinois State. 5.30 for the pregame. My guy Hunter Phillips has the play-by-play at 6. And then Sunday, the Drake men take on Loyola Chicago at the Knapp Center. 5.30 for the pregame. Michael Admire has the call at 6 o'clock right here on ESPN Des Moines. So Cincinnati looking to shock the world. I feel like, and I might be wrong about this, because I realize there are a lot of Chiefs fans... Listening now in the Des Moines area. Remember how sick everybody got of the New England Patriots? Kira, you know. I mean, you're not the biggest sports fan, but... Still ain't Everybody's sick of the Patriots, right? Because Brady and Belichick and the winning and the Super Bowls. Tired of hearing about them winning. I know. And I don't even like football. I know. I'm tired. Don't say you don't like football on this show, Kira. Sorry. I don't not like football. I just don't watch it. (laughs) Good enough. I feel like fans of every other team are starting to get sick of the Kansas City Chiefs. Four straight years hosting the AFC Championship game. I would imagine most people, if you were to bet your paycheck on this game against Cincinnati, I'd bet you're probably going with Kansas City. I don't know what the straw poll is across the nation. Somebody will have that, I'm sure, on a pregame show between now and Sunday. Patrick Mahomes continues to win. He's got that smile. He's a great guy. He's, you know, he, he, he's a, a partial owner in the Royals down there. He's a partial owner of Sporting KC. He brought Kansas City a Whataburger. He's got the beautiful wife or fiancé. He's got the baby. He's got the half-billion-dollar contract. That devilish smile. He's got the smile. But I think if they go back to the Super Bowl... And I believe they will. I would take them to win. I think people are going to, across the country, are going to start to get real sick of Kansas City. And Chiefs fan, don't be upset that I said that. That's a compliment. I wish, I think people are sick of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers for a completely different reason. And it has nothing to do with their continued participation in the postseason. I think people are sick of Rodgers because he's talking too much and he's never living up to the expectation these days. But I think you're going to start to see the hatred and disdain if Mahomes and company keep on winning the way that they have been. I think you're going to see a lot of people start to flip on Kansas City. And and maybe they become the most disliked team in the National Football League. And again, I wish it was the Packers. I want that smoke. I want that hate. I want people to be like, anybody but your Packers, Wicked. Because I think there are a lot of people out there that are rooting for Cincinnati specifically, so we don't have to watch Mahomes and company play in this playoff or in the Super Bowl again. They, were there. they won it two years ago. They lost it last year, in excruciating fashion, by the way, to the Buccaneers. And now they may be going back again. And they're probably going to be the favorite, regardless of what happens. They're probably the favorite going into next year. I have friends in Kansas City. I spend a lot of time in Kansas City. Most of my, you know, I got a lot of friends in Des Moines, and they're Chiefs fans. But part of me's kind of rooting for Cincinnati to win this game, all right? Now, they played this game a couple of weeks ago. They played in Week 17. They played it at Cincinnati. And and Joe Burrow had a big day in that game. But it didn't start out that way. Here's his head coach, Zach Taylor, on his quarterback's nice Sunday afternoon after they were down 14-0. They took advantage of some one-on-one opportunities and it was accurate throws, good good coverage awareness, and Jamar made some great plays. Um, they were on the same page, you know, against some of the zone coverages. Chiefs do a great job of, of employing a variety of schemes and, um, you know, trying to keep you off balance. And, and I thought that, that Joe and Jamar did a good job being on the same page and making the most of their opportunities. Oh, you think so? You think Joe and Jamar were on the same page and they did a really good job of that? Joe Burrow... Threw for 446 yards and four touchdowns in that game. After they were down 14-0, you want to talk about a guy who didn't turtle up. You want to talk about a quarterback who came out balling after he already got punched in the face and punched in the nuts. And you think that he and that Burrow and Jamar Chase did a good job of being on the same page? you remember that game? You may have lost your fantasy championship because of that game, or you may have won your fantasy championship because of that game, in case you did or did not have Jamar Chase. He caught 11 balls for 266 yards and three touchdowns, including a 72-yarder. Jamar Chase had 150-plus yards after the catch. 156 yak yards in that game. Yeah, I I, I would say that's a fair statement by Taylor, that Burrow... And Jamar Chase did a good job of being on the same page. I mean, you got to give credit, though. Burrow has just been flat-out fantastic this year, and a lot of that has to be credited towards Taylor. It has been impressive, you know, the, the way he's played this last stretch of the season, particularly now that he's felt fully healthy. You know, we never take him for granted, but, but there's a lot of really impressive things he does um, that maybe aren't as impressive to us anymore because we're just used to it. And that's kind of his standard, his greatness. But again, we, we do step back and always take a moment to appreciate what we've got there at that quarterback position. There is a cool about Joe Burrow. There seems to be a big moment cool about Burrow. I don't know if he's a flashy guy I don't know if he is an excitable guy in the locker room or whatever. He just looks to be a good dude within that locker room. You know, you, you see the postgame celebrations, and he's hanging out with, with the offensive linemen and the linebackers, and then he's over here with the wide receivers, and he's dancing with some of the guys, and then he's posing with, you know, the, the good posture with other guys. Like It feels like he's kind of a chameleon in that locker room and gets along with everybody. Here's Burrow. We're excited about the opportunity obviously a really good team if you want to do the things that we want to do that's a team that you're going to have to beat every single year you know the afc has run through them for for four straight years so you know we're excited about the opportunity we're we're gonna have a great week of practice and we'll be ready to go uh you can't start down 14 nothing you can't in the in the playoff game on the road at kansas city your chances of advancing to the super bowl will be minimal i don't know if they're going to be down three with 13 seconds minimal, but what you get the point. Like, you can't start down two touchdowns like they did back in Week 17. Can't let a team like this get out in front of you because then you know, they put a lot of pressure on you on defense. You know, they're going to blitz you and, and make you you know uncomfortable back there if you get down. You know We got down 14-0 in the last game, and it's not exactly where we wanted to be at that point in the game. We were able to, to fight out of it and ended up winning the game, but you know, we'd like to have a stronger start. I don't know if he's going to throw for 446 yards and four touchdowns the way he did in this one. And I don't know if Jamar Chase is going to have 11 for uh, 266 and three scores like he did back in week 17. But those two guys obviously are huge. And and, and he's right about blitzing. I mean, if you watch the Chiefs play, they're one of the top blitzing teams in the National Football League. They bring it, they bring it, they bring it, they bring it, they bring it. Now that could open things up for some sort of isolation one-on-one opportunities for uh chase or for t higgins or for tyler boyd or even the center i oh, sorry even the tight end cj ozuma who had four for 32 in that game i mean if if burrow has another monster day like that that spells doom for the kansas city chiefs defense now the difference is we could see a shootout like that last two minutes last week that could be 60 minutes like we saw back in week 17 when cincinnati won 34 to 31 in that game and, and jamar chase was just so great I love this story from Jamar Chase. And, and he has his doubters that he has had to prove wrong from his days at LSU. One of my best stories ever. Les Miles told me I couldn't play receiver uh, when I was coming out of high school. So, you know, that was something I had on my shoulders growing up. Les Miles told me uh, he thought I could play cornerback. Um, I wasn't really in full position at receiver yet. So, you know, I just kept working in my craft uh, off season, waking up early in the mornings to work out. Um, I just kept focused. So, we got the AFC Championship game coming up on Sunday. We got the Bengals and Chiefs. We got the Rams and the Niners. Kansas City and St. Louis. Casey is a seven point favorite. God, that's a big number for an AFC Championship game. I am seven and three against the spread thus far in the postseason. Rams and Niners, three and a half point spread. God, just You would look at the Rams and say, they have to put San Francisco out of their misery. Get out of this game. The luck has to run out for the 49ers, right? But these two teams know each other so well. San Francisco has won twice this year. It's very difficult to beat a a team for the third time. Against the number, against the spread, the official picks this week, I like the Rams to cover three and a half. And I like the Chiefs to cover the seven. Home teams, favorites, setting up a Kansas City and L.A. Rams Super Bowl There's a poll going on right now over on the ESPN Des Moines Twitter page. Follow us at ESPN DSM. Who do you think is going to be playing in the Super Bowl? You can vote right now. Rams and Chiefs getting most of the vote. 55% of the vote. Rams and Chiefs. Bengals and Rams getting 19% of the votes. So there you go. There's your AFC and NFC Championship preview coming up. All the drama about Aaron Rodgers. Get ready for the spring of Aaron Rodgers. And what... Are the Bears thinking? That's next. Wicket needs a timeout. He'll be back soon. You're listening to 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. 1021 FM and 1350 ESPN Des Moines. Wicket's World. I'm Mike Wicket. Thank you so much for being here on a Friday. We got Drake women's basketball tomorrow. Drake taking on Illinois State. 5.30 for the pregame. 6 o'clock tip with my guy Hunter Phillips. And Sunday Michael Admeyer has the call as the Drake men to take on Loyola Chicago. 5.30 for the pregame. 6 o'clock for the tip. Alright, so aside from the games, the storylines in the NFL this week have been coaching hires and Aaron Rodgers' future. Now Rodgers... After that pathetic performance against the San Francisco 49ers and another early exit out of the playoffs, there's a lot of speculation about his future with the Packers. Now remember, they still have him under contract for next year. The Packers could do nothing and bring Rodgers back because they control him. The problem for the Green Bay Packers, and this is the hard part, and I don't want to get into the weeds of all of this, but Green Bay currently is $46 million over the salary cap. Meaning, they have to trim $46 million off of their, their salaries right now before they can even pay draft picks. Before they can make any sort of acquisition. And the guy that's taking up the most of that salary cap, the most of the pie, is Aaron Rodgers. And we knew, or we know now, all the drama that was going into off-season, last off season about Rodgers being unhappy... He doesn't want to be there. He has a problem with Brian Gudekins, their general manager. And the deal was, I'll come back one more year if we can revisit this in the offseason. And we'll see how our relationship grows. And everybody's been telling us that the relationship between Rodgers and Gutekinds has been getting better. But is it good enough? Is it good enough to run this back next year? The pro- there, I, I mean, I've got six minutes here, and I could do six hours on this. If Rodgers doesn't take some kind of pay cut or renegotiate the contract, the Packers are going to look very, very different and their roster is not going to be nearly as talented as, as it is right now. They're $46 million over the cap and that's without Devontae Adams' contract. He is a free agent. The Packers can franchise him for about $20 million, $21 million next year, but they still have to get under the cap. If, it is, if you look at the way that the NFL works, teams win with young quarterbacks because they can pay others. And the Packers have been winning with Rodgers and trying to piece everything else together. And Packers fans don't understand that they can't make a lot of high-priced free agent moves because you have a quarterback making that much money. Chiefs fans are about to realize that in the coming years because of Patrick Mahomes' contract and what it's going to do. and. Josh Allen's contract in Buffalo will affect the Bills' ability. And I'm not saying Rodgers should take a pay cut. You're about to be the back-to-back MVP. Why should that guy take any sort of a pay cut? But the problem, the difference between Rodgers and Brady is Brady, for a number of times, took less money so the team could get better. If Rodgers does want to come back and he does want to be with the Packers for the next three years, he's going to need to take a pay cut, a significant pay cut, if they're going to be able to add pieces and make this team better. Because right now, I mean, the the kicker is going to be gone. Randall Cobb is probably going to be gone. Somebody on defense is going to have to be gone or restructured. And when you restructure, you're basically kicking the can down the road. If it is a financial decision, which is just ripping the Band-Aid off and shipping Rodgers out of town... That may be the best long-term solution for Green Bay. The question is, how good is Jordan Love? How much faith do you have in Jordan Love? I've talked extensively about, I don't know how good Jordan Love is. I have no idea how good Jordan Love is. Is the relationship between Rodgers and Gutekind so good that they can figure this thing out? They can massage the salary cap. I've always said, if you want to make the cap happen, you can make the cap happen. Or we just had a point now where Packers fan, you have to look at this and say, is this the best they can do with Rodgers? Matt LaFleur's offense, much like Kyle Shanahan's offense, is predicated on the ability to run the football, not to be beholden to your superstar quarterback to throw the ball 40 times. They drafted A.J. Dillon, and his injury was so big in that game last weekend that they lost the ability to move the pile. But with Jones... And with Dylan next year, and an emphasis, a much more emphasized running game, if you can add some linemen, you can add a piece here. When you're not paying Rodgers what you're paying him, you don't have to pay dev- I don't. I don't know what the future holds. I could do the what-if game forever. But if the Packers do move on, and they do trade him, and of course their offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett, is now the head coach in Denver, and everyone is piecing those two together. Rogers also just sold his San Diego house. How about that? He paid two million for it. He sold it for five. But if he winds up in Denver, good luck to him. Good luck playing in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, in the same conference as Mahomes, Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow. Enjoy that. I mean, or you can figure out a way to come back. And kick Chicago's ass again twice a year. And beat up on the Vikings. And beat up on the Lions. Like, you're kind of... You're, you're, you're able to put the Packers in the postseason every single year because the division sucks. You put Rodgers in that division, in that conference, where all the talent is at. Good luck being the number one seed. I just have no idea. And then there's the retirement option. We don't know. His deadline is going to be the franchise tag deadline, which is in March. And we shall know by then. Also, and I'll talk more about that in the future once we get into it, we start hearing things and learning more. What are the Bears doing? The Bears drafted a quarterback in Justin Fields. People believe that Justin Fields is the future, is going to be a great quarterback. I haven't seen anything out of Justin Fields to suggest that he's going to be great. Rookie. I mean, I give a guy two, three years, whatever. But you hired a defensive head coach in 2022? Matt Eberflus, Eberflus, whatever his name, you, this league, look at the coaches that are left in the National Football League in the playoffs. In 2022, you need a young offensive guru to win in the National Football League, hiring a 51-year-old defensive guy when your entire franchise is hanging in the balance on the right arm of your quarterback and you hired a defensive guy from the Colts, their defensive coordinator, you are setting yourself up to punt the NFC North. And at a time, if Rodgers is gone, at a time where the NFC North might be wide open, if Rodgers is gone, all of a sudden, that whole division is now much more compact. And instead of giving your young quarterback an offensive guru as the head coach, and we don't know who they're going to hire as their O.C., you have just set yourself up for failure, and it will be traced back to the fact that you hired a defensive guy in twenty twenty-two in a league that is based and rigged for offense. Do I have to get out, Kira? Is that what you're telling me? You're giving me the eye? Uh oh. Here I am. Is that has More on both of these stories next week. We'll look ahead to the Super Bowl. Thanks to Kira for keeping us on. Thanks to you for listening. Thanks To for watching over on the other ESPN Des Moines Facebook page. This has been Wicket's World. My name is Mike Wicked. Have a great weekend. We'll do it again next week. Another Mikey took a knife.